0: Jamie Yalabach coming at you from the Peppered Podcast, where we bring seasoned talk for food and beverage marketing and brand professionals. Hey, my guest today is Nick Fogelstadt. Nick is a director at MacGuffin Films in Manhattan, New York City. And look, I have to tell you that Nick and McGuffin, they are about the best that I have ever worked with in my career. When it comes to uh, filming of food and beverage, they are really the world's premier tabletop commercial production company. They've partnered with some of the biggest brands in the world, uh, providing advertising for television and digital content. Their creative talent, uh, their approach, their their meticulous attention to detail, and of course, their state-of-the-art facility. It's just incredible, and you have to experience it. Nick himself is a visual storyteller. He's an artist in the area of food and beverage and in creating this type of content. I'm super excited to have him on the show and to share his creativity and his knowledge with our listening audience. Hey, have you ever noticed when you see those Red Lobster TV and video ads that all of a sudden you're craving seafood? Or when you see those olive garden spots, how you have this overwhelming desire, this craving for Italian food. Uh, How about when you hear the sizzle and see that juicy steak in the Longhorn Steakhouse commercials? And then you got to think about those Guinness and Budweiser spots that leave you just dying for a tall, cold one. Well, this is the guy. Nick, welcome to the Peppered Podcast. Glad to have you on the show.
1: Glad to be here. Thank you for having me.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm excited to have you. So, we're going to dive right into this. You know, we eat and drink with our eyes first. You know, it's a sensation that we have. There's just something about the mouthwatering steak and the cold glass of beer in front of you when you see it, when you hear it, it just does something to it. But this is your business, right? Tell us a little bit about what you do, Nick.
1: Well, I am what they call a tabletop director of TV commercials, which uh, basically means um in, in a studio. it's a pretty much a controlled environment where we're on actually a small tabletop that's where the the term comes from. so that may be you know uh, a restaurant tabletop that matches you know, a Longhorns restaurant, or it can be a piece of rustic wood or anything that aesthetically is, you know, what the art directors and people hiring me are looking for as far as the look. And I basically, my goal is to make objects look beautiful and communicate what the product is um, that I am shooting for, whether that may be, you know, as we said, you know, Longhorns or, or Applebee's or, Tylenol or Budweiser or Carlsberg beer, you know, my job is to make those products look as the best they can be and as appetizing as they can be. So they're, you know, can work well for the client to get the sales up.
0: It's absolutely amazing. I mean, you know, I've been in your studios a few times, and it's 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 an incredible setup. But you know, it's not just the setup, but the goal for food and beverage brands. Look, their goal is to sell product, you know, and I think that that your goal and our goal when we're doing something this is to create this this art, and it's really it's not necessarily just about creating a moment or creating this art you know it's about inviting consumers into this moment you know it makes people feel good when they can experience something like that and how food satisfies us you know eating is one of our greatest joys in life and i i personally love being able to communicate in this way and and i know from working with you that this is a passion and then it's an art that you do do you agree with that I I do.
1: I do. You know, and for people out there listening, I don't think they really understand that, you know, if someone's hired to do a commercial, there's sort of a live action director that might shoot, you know, people and dialogue and performance. And then they go to a separate person within a commercial to shoot those intimate appetizing moments, which is a tabletop director. So it's a, you know, it's, it is a niche that people just don't know about, but um, obviously I love it. And, you know, I, I, you got to live it to be Good at it, and uh, yeah, that's what I do. It's great.
0: I've been in the, in the food and beverage business for nearly thirty years, and I've worked with all types of people in photography and videography. And there's people that are that are generalists in this field. But you know what? What I experienced with you, you know, you just mentioned it a minute ago. Is this is this niche of food and beverage? How did you land in this? And over over the years, how, how did you get so good at what you do? <laughs>
1: You know, it's a funny story. When I first was out of college, obviously, I did not go to college for any of this. You know, I kind of fell into it. You know, I got a job uh, pa being a production assistant on a film shoot, and it was kind of a disaster. I was all over the place and, you know, getting home at midnight and going back to work at six, and then I stumbled upon a, friend, uh, a, a tabletop studio and was hired for a job, and, and this is a true story. A prop guy who was also a rigger asked me for some help. He said, hey, can you cut me a a lemon wedge? Uh, And I said, sure. So I cut him this lemon wedge, and I did it as best I could. I did it perfectly so it could go on camera. And then he said, whoa, you know, can you cut me another one? So basically I was cutting lemons for half a day. And then this this guy's name was Bobby Lockman, who's a pretty famous rigger, asked me if I could come help him the next day. And here I am, all because of a lemon.
0: You turned lemons into a career. That, yeah, that's awesome.
1: Yeah, you know. Then you, you know you kind of work your way up. Your PA, obviously, I worked for this guy rigging effects and uh, back in the film days for years. You know, learning the ins and outs, being right next to the camera, making these things happen for another uh, tabletop director. And I ended up becoming his lighting director and assistant director, and then it just got to the point where I was shooting all of this guy's food for him, and he wasn't you know, even barely coming onto set. It got to the point where people didn't even know who the director was, and it, it really allowed me at that time to do work for all the best clients. Somebody else's name was on the ticket, but I got to do, you know, the best work for the best clients. So it was... It was a real great learning experience and apprenticeship.
0: Yeah, that's super cool. Like I said, I've been doing this and I've worked with so many different people in this industry. And when I first worked with you, I noticed that your style is just unique. I mean, it's a super creative, innovative approach. I mean, the way you use light, the way you style food, the angles that you use, the the effects that you use. Like, it's not over propped, over styled. You know, I've worked with people that just kind of. You know, it just kind of looks fake when, it, when it's all done. And your style is so unique and creative and natural. Talk to me about your style uh, and your approach.
1: Uh, you know, my approach is always, obviously, whatever food or whatever product I'm working for in, in front of me, you've got to kind of know the brand a little bit and do a little bit of homework. And with, let's say it's something hot. Let's say you're doing burgers or something like that. My first impulse always is to how can I make this thing look appetizing and hot and warm, you know what I mean? Whether that be flipping it on a grill, you know, do I just flip it on a grill with some flame pots underneath these? No way. I actually generate heat underneath the grill so that those flame bars and the, the cast iron grill that I'm cooking on is red hot so that any little bit of juice or anything that drops off the burger or drips down and hits those grill bars ignites immediately and starts to sizzle and starts to smoke and bubble because all those little things in the details are what I think make uh, my work better than somebody else's who doesn't pay, you know, those guys who don't pay attention to all those little things. And for me, I can see it on the, on the TV immediately, whether it's done to the best of somebody's ability or, the, or what I would my standards or not. So I, that's always my first approach is, is, is appetite appeal, appetite appeal, you know? And then I also, you know, you mentioned lighting, lighting is constantly changing. You know, you're always trying to highlight objects to make them, uh, to plus out the appetite appeal, you know, create angles that are interesting to look at, you know, it's hard, you got to create new angles all the time. And, and, and lighting has evolved, you know, now it's a real much of a softer look out there before, you know, years ago, everything was really sort of very looked very studio now that's sort of frowned upon and and what used to be good looking is now not good looking so you got to kind of evolve you know and i got to use uh technology obviously to my advantage wherever i can so that i can make this this an art as you as you said you know because it's an art form i got to just bring it all together so it all jives in one and create this synergy on the sets and get a rhythm going because you know it's obviously with the people you work with you got to have a rhythm you can't just work with strangers all the time i got to work with the same people you know where i can say hey i need that thing with the thing on it and that thing and they're like i got it and they'll bring it over and we just have a great rapport and that and that makes good looking food
0: yeah i remember when we were working on the Entman's spot how you took that broken open muffin and you just put these wisps in it and when it was finished it it literally looked like that was a muffin that just came out of the oven. And broke <laughs> it open and it had this beautiful steam coming out. I mean it just looked so perfect and so natural.
1: Yeah, you know that that's that's the key. Is 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 make it look good and by the way, food is food. So let it be itself. You know what I mean? Don't try and force it. You can't force it. It's gonna do what it's gonna do, you know, if it's if it's pizza, pizza's messy. It's finger food. Why are we going to try and make that perfect? If it's a taco, it's finger food. let stuff would fall out when you eat it. It might break open. You know what I mean? Stuff happens. Like that's the good stuff. So let's take advantage of that.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's that's yeah. a great point. So much work you see is just overdone, overstylized. Oh, yeah, it just doesn't look. It just doesn't look. Mm-hmm. Good.
1: So, For me, you know, simplicity is is the key. Just keep it simple you know if you need to add some propping around it because you got to tell somebody about the ingredients that make up this product but if not just just keep it simple so you can focus on what you're supposed to focus on, on the screen. You know what I mean?
0: Yep. That's a great point. So where, where do you gain some of your inspiration from? I mean, do you, you, know, do oh boy. you know,
1: I mean, no, you know. <laughs>
0: creatively, you know, our subconscious is always working. I mean, do you watch movies? Do you look through magazines? Do you watch the food network? Do you cruise like Pinterest or Instagram? I mean, where do you, where oh. do you, where do you keep that creativity fueled from?
1: You know what? I use everything because I'm always trying to stay ahead of everybody else a little bit. It's everywhere now. You know, we're, we're a food crazed nation. Things are available to everybody now, whether it be Instagram or, or cooking shows, you know, people are more savvy. And so you got to stay ahead of it. You know, even, even going into a place like Italy. you know, I mean, if you walk around Italy, there's inspiration all over the place, you know? So it's, it's for me, I, I look at other people's work. I look at my competition. Um, obviously, I cook, you know, and every time I'm cooking something, I'm like, oh, look at that. You know, when I, when I even plate food, I got to plate it well because I get kind of anal about it at home. So, I mean, you got you to gotta live it, as I said, and, and I get my inspiration everywhere. There's nothing that's off limits. You know what I mean?
0: That's great insight. So, you know, when you think about appetite appeal, I mean, when it comes to appetite appeal, I think that there are two fundamentals. I mean, there's probably more, but I I drill down to this. You know, you've got science and art behind it. When you think about the science of appetite appeal. It's our metabolic need to eat, right? We, we need food yeah. and liquids to fuel our bodies and humans, you know, have these powerful mood altering neurotransmitters in our brains that activate these senses, which ultimately drive us to eat and they create these cravings. And then the art side of it, you know, unlike the science uh, behind your appetite, this is more emotional and artistic and eating can be driven by the creativity of what we see and the desires. You know, I've always said we eat with our eyes, uh, our imagination, uh, long before we ever taste anything. And this is the artistry of creating appetite appeal. How do you incorporate this kind of science, psychology, emotion, behavior into what you do?
1: You know, obviously when I'm shooting shots or I'm, I'm, I'm setting things up, I'm always looking at the screen. I'm always looking through the lens. And You know, you just know, as you said, you got these little these little neurotransmitters in in your brain that telling you this looks good. You know, and I so I always when I'm doing my work, look at like what could plus this out as much as possible. You know, you want to make somebody's mouth salve while they're while they're looking at your work. So it's always uh, on my mind, whether it be making things hot, making them glistening, making a drip, something moving in the frame, you know, because if you're looking at a burger, eh, you know, it might look just sort of plain. You don't want to look like just a print ad on the screen. You want it to move, you know what I mean, whether that be just a slight movement of the camera where you get a glisten from reflections in light, uh, anything like that to pluses up appetite appeal, makes people looking at those images you know, want to, want to lick the screen, you know, and, or you want them to be able to sort of smell the TV. Yeah. It's it's like some of these old photographers, you know, if you were to look at some of their scenes, you know, even if it was a scene of a mountain, you know, you could tell the temperature, you could tell the humidity, you could tell all of these things from this still image. You know what I mean? I like to bring that to to motion picture where you can see everything that's going on. You see that little, Droplets on the tomato of water, so you know it's fresh. You know you, the burger looks hot. You got to have steam. You got to have glisten. You got to juice dripping. You know all those goodies.
0: Geez, I'm getting hungry just talking about this. <laughs> You know, look, you know, the artistry of appetite appeal in in food and beverage, it's all around us. When you go out to a restaurant, you know, how the chef plates his his food, the presentation of it, that has everything to do with how appealing it's going to be. When you look at pictures on the menu, when you see point-of-sale material, packaging in-store, when you see digital ads, videos, TV, outdoor, I mean, it's, it's all around us, and in this business, you know i often think to myself it's like man how can how can a company how can a brand that's in the food business take a lighthearted approach to this. And I guess I would ask you, you know, being at the heart of this, I mean, geez, you're in Manhattan. I mean, it's you know, the epicenter of great advertising and marketing. And how, how could you say that marketers and CMOs and brand managers of, of food and beverage brands, how can they up their game when it comes to this sort of thing? You know, I
1: mean, you hit the nail on the head. It's We're so overwhelmed, you know, whether it be you know, Instagram or Pinterest or all, it's just things are imagery and images are everywhere. And even, even I'm guilty of it, you know, I'll sit on, on uh, Instagram and I'll just sort of scroll through pictures, scrolling through, you know, I'm not even pausing, you know what I mean? You just, it's so overwhelming. So, you know, I, I think for, for, you know, marketers and, and, and companies, I think, you know, they, obviously they got to know their consumer, Number one, the consumer's time is is limited. You know, you got a short window of somebody scrolling through Pinterest or scrolling through uh, um, Instagram, the amount of time that you can make, you know, or give these people. So it's, it's limited. So you got to make a, a small message. I mean, excuse me, you got to make your message in a small amount of time, you got to make it impactful um for it to be effective cuz as you said you know facebook whatever the tv you know there's netflix now people people want to stream they don't want to necessarily wait through a commercial so you know i i heard this uh somebody comment about some of the commercial industry is like a, you know like a melting iceberg it's still huge it's still there but it's slowly dripping so it's, it's, it's tough. It's, it's a ch- changing game and we got to stay ahead of it. So I just, you know, I, I just say roll with it for these guys and make sure you have an impactful message in a small amount of time and uh, make it good. Don't don't be afraid to take a chance.
0: I feel that, you know, brands absolutely need to focus more effort and resources into this type of, of artistry. I mean, as food and beverage marketers, we know how critical appetite appeal is for success. You know, but how many times have we heard the words, well, geez, I don't have the budget to do this right, so I'm going to get my... Cousin's brother, Joey, you know, who's got this great camcorder out out to do this and (laughs) and produce this. You know, or worse yet, we'll use some royalty-free—I mean— royalty free stuff. I mean it's it's crazy when you think about yeah. that this is our tool for reaching consumers and to make them hungry and thirsty for, mm-hmm. for for what consumers want to eat. I mean I think it's I think it's critical and I think you know what, what you guys do is just absolutely amazing and it and and it definitely upped our game when we connected with you guys to to produce this high level of work for us.
1: Yeah, you know it's so frustrating for me when I see Uh, things on television where you clearly have a company, you know, they're selling food or they're selling beverages and then they put out this just garbage piece. And I'm like, why would you even, if you just did a little more, you could take it to such another level. Why would you settle for this? You know why, what I mean, and
0: it's why, like why, why spend why spend the fortune in media you know with with something that's not gonna yeah. connect you know emotionally with consumers and drive sure. those sensations to make them want to eat or drink the product I mean that's exactly. Different. It's crazy stuff hey so shifting gears a little bit what, what's this fascination with these short spots I mean we're seeing more and more of these 15 seconds tens even seven second spots yeah, yeah. you know in digital broadcasting. I mean I'm sure you've seen the increased demand for this I mean what what, sure. what, are, what are your thoughts on this
1: you know obviously I think they you know whether it hopefully if it's a monetary thing that is what it is you know but if it's if it's just trying to, co- to connect with a, a consumer you know, that have shorter attention spans. Um, you know, that could be it, you know, it's, it's, it's hard. I, they can be effective in some cases, but I still believe in telling that visual story, you know, with a little bit of the longer spot times, you know, because Hey, it's a, it's a visual sentence. If if, if you're communicating a sentence, you remove a word, it, it doesn't make sense anymore. So for me, you know, I'm, I'm still into making these visual sentences that, that make sense, and it's hard to do that in a, in a seven-second commercial. Basically, you got three shots, okay? They're just spitting it out there, you know, unless it calls for it. I'm not sure how effective they can be. But I know that, you know, especially with the phone, you know, or if you're doing little commercials on on social media. They got to be quick because people, people don't want to sit through it. So it makes, it's got to be more impactful.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think you know? it really does come down to, uh, attention span and really just yeah. kind of being able to grab people's attention and that everybody's going mm-hmm. from this to that, to this, to that. Yeah. But I, I agree 100% with you. I mean, people, people love a story, you know, when you can tell a story, uh, with, with a food and beverage brand and, and people get drawn into that story. I mean, naturally, we we love stories. I mean, we you know we get intrigued by stories and when we can tell a story in a longer format, it is so much more effective. So I, I really sure. agree, agree 100% with that. So final question here. What is the one piece of advice that you would give, say, you know, a CMO or a brand manager working for a food and beverage brand on how to take their appetite appeal, uh, in their film and video to the next level. I mean, if you could give them like one, one piece of advice to say, Hey, this will make the world of difference in what you're doing now and the effectiveness of it to, if you do this, it could just take you to that next level.
1: You know, that's a very good question because, you know, a lot of these, uh, brands that I work with, you know, they, they, they've done so much research and so much testing that, you know, they know their consumers so well, you know, and so they, they sort of stick to some guidelines that they or parameters that they want you to shoot within. So, I mean, I would say with all of that knowledge that they have, just don't be afraid, you know, to take a few chances uh, within, you know, outside of those boundaries, which we know they're going to stay in anyway because they've done the research, they paid for the testing, they thousands and thousands of people just don't be afraid to take a little chance here or there. That, along with what they, the work that they've done, will give them the best results. And, and uh, let the food be food. That's Pretty much that.
0: Point. That's, a, that's you know? a great point. Hey, look, we're selling food and beverage brands here. <laughs> right. And if we can't entice consumers with their senses, I mean, we might as well pack it in. I mean, if we can't make people drooling for the food and just salivating and saying, man, that looks so good, I want to go out and get it. If we can't achieve that in what we're doing... What are we doing in this business? That's the
1: question. Right, exactly. <laughs> exactly.
0: Hey, Nick, thanks, uh, thanks for taking time to come on the show. I mean, I love your style. I love your perspective on food and beverage. Uh, Thank you. Film and video. Before we sign off, look, I want, I want, to, I want you to tell us a little bit about MacGuffin and, and, and how you've worked with CPG brands. I mean, just you know, give you and your, your, your studio a plug uh, sure, for a sure. listening audience because and, and how they can contact you.
1: Sure. You know, we're at Tabletop Studio in, in New York City. It's, uh, we can go to our website. It's, um, you know, www.mcguffin.com. It's M A C G U F F I N. That's MacGuffin. And uh, you can get in contact with us there. And we're, you know, we're out there to do great work and we'd love to do some more work. So we're always here. And we're, a, you know, we're a good company, small company that, that uh, packs a big punch. So um, we're available. Absolutely. <laughs> thank hey, you so much
0: thanks again nick for coming on it's been awesome um let's uh let's do it again sometime you bet this is jamie alabach and you've been listening to the peppered podcast where we have seasoned talk for food and beverage marketing and brand professionals let's grow your brand together